Hi, I'm Emily with the Limitless Female Podcast. You are listening to episode 123, My Client Wrote a Book, Staring at Walls by Jen Perry. Woman, welcome. If you're a mama who is feeling all the feels of motherhood, the ups and downs of hormones, and maybe even depression, then you are in the right place. Limitless Female is your confident inner voice, helping you master your mood and create the epic life that calls you. My goal is to show you just how enough you are so you can show up limitless in your own life. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to be here with you today and to get to give a little shout out and um, share something special that one of my clients did. I get to introduce you guys to Jen Perry, who has been a one-on-one client with me. Um, I believe as well as did the nutrigenomics program that I did with Ryan Overcash of Habit Method Health. So Jen Perry wrote a book called Staring at Walls, How to Look at Your Depression and Trauma Through the Lens of Compassion and Humor. And if you guys know anything about me, you know that there is a lot of humor and a lot of compassion here at Limitless Female Coaching, as well as in the shift membership. So of course we had to bring her on the podcast and have her talk about this book, talk about what inspired the book, and um, kind of give you guys a little sneak peek into what you guys can learn if you pick up this book. I know there's a lot of relatable stories, and Jen is just a very down-to-earth, kind person who's been through what I think the majority of us have been through. I mean, surprisingly, maybe not specifically your story, but definitely a lot of the emotions that you've experienced, um, if you've experienced any depression and of course, for sure, any trauma. So, um, after you guys listen to the podcast, feel free to click the link below in the show notes and click on Jen's book called staring at walls. Okay. Here's Jen Perry. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited to have you today. I'm so excited to talk about your book and I'm really excited to hear about the origins of the book because we haven't gotten to chat about this. And I'm just so impressed. It's always, um, I always really appreciate when people put their story out there and I totally understand people not sharing it in the moment because you know, it's a lot right. And, and we're going through it, but when you can share it after it, man, it releases so much shame for other people who think that they're the only one. And in fact, there are so many people who, I mean, it's not even odd or different or unique anymore, right? That, that struggle with any kind of mood disorder or mental health, like it's just not unique anymore. So tell me what led you to write a book and then go back further and tell me kind of what, what stories or experiences you drew from for the book. The name of my book is um, Staring at Walls, How to Look at Your Trauma Through the Lens of Compassion and Humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought about writing this book um, last summer when I was reading another book and she had, she was talking about some other mental um, health issues and, um, but she didn't really land on depression. And that was something that I always thought about when I was going through the very first stages of trying to process depression, trying to figure out um, how to thrive in my life instead of just kind of surviving day by day. Um, And when I read that, I thought, you know what, I, I, I want to have a resource for people like me who didn't have a community around them to 
to process through that kind of mental health um, mm -hmm. issues. So um, I decided to write the book and I decided to be very honest and raw and blunt about how I felt when I was going through a depressive episode, because that's what I needed, wanted to hear when I was in the middle of the mm -hmm. very beginning of trying to heal. Yeah. I love that, that you remember what you needed. I think that sharing your story is like the first step to community because how can we like connect if we don't get real with people a little bit instead of being like, how are you? I'm good. I try different questions now, like at church and around different people, because how are you just doesn't get enough out of people. <laughs> and, um, I, I love this idea of a Moai. It's like this thing in Okinawa where they basically come together like a, like a co-op, but like a co-op for taking care of each other, like older people. And I think where we lack, especially in the U S is, is community. And, um, this documentary I watched the other day said that we lose about 15 years off the longevity of our life because of loneliness. And I can't help but reference documentaries because I'm such a documentary nerd, <laughs> but what did you want somebody to tell you when you were going through what you were going through that they've been there, that it gets better. What, it, what specifically did you feel like you wish someone would have said to you? This is normal. Mm. This is experienced by many, many women in particular, but also men, but many people across the world. Um, what you're feeling right now, it does not make you crazy or weak or anything like that. It makes you a human going through emotions, going through a mental illness and trying to make your life better. And that was actually something that coaching really helped in creating that thought process of even being able to um, put to words what I was thinking at the time, because coaching came in and said, hey, you're a human experiencing emotions, processing emotions. Everything you experience is okay because it's part of the human experience. So coaching was definitely a huge part in me even getting to the place of being able to write the book. Um, and even going through your program and when, um, since your focus obviously is depression. And so even going through that program was one huge step that I was able to take in order to get to the place of writing my book. Oh yeah. I'm so impressed. One of the, my favorite things about coaching is that it gets people to the place where they can also then advocate for themselves in whatever way they need to. And one of the ways that you're healing is writing, I mean, or even maybe like post-healing, right? Looking back and kind of analyzing it, right? So um, I just love it that it offers that opportunity. And for me too, it made it very clear. It made it feel very, it took out all the drama that I had in my mind about how I was feeling. And I realized that uh, I could be wrong about all of it. I could mm -hmm. be wrong that I was weird or unique or that my kids would turn out, you know, messed up because their mom had depression or that they were, I was letting people down in my life. Like I realized I could be wrong about all of that. And maybe everybody is going through the human experience. And maybe even my experience looks a lot like so many people's experience. That was my experience. in just even building the coaching practice was I had this idea, like, Hey, if I have this thought or this idea or this thing to post, I'm, I imagine there's somebody out there who would agree with me. Like, even if I'm like, this is a really unique thought, or this might bother people. 
It turns out there's always a ton of people who agree with you. I guarantee you, right? And also talking about finding remission from depression or healing your depression or working on your depression um, or that you're normal can also really bother people sometimes I found, right? And, and that's okay. I think people want to be angry about it and that's okay, but you got to keep offering it, right? This idea that you, you could feel better if you're ready or want to, or here's some ways that I did. Absolutely. And that's something that I've definitely experienced as I've been healing, as I've been, you know, practicing coaching and um, applying that to my own life is people don't like that. People, they don't agree with it and that scares them. And um, so, yes, you're going to probably experience some pushback from people who don't agree with you. And yet people need to hear what you have to say, what I have to say, because like you said, so many people can relate to it. And those people probably do not have a community. And so they need people like you, like me to say, Hey guys, you're accepted the way you are. And it's okay to take baby steps. What some people might consider, Oh, that's just, that's not enough. I'm like, that's absolutely enough where you can walk through. Okay. We're now we're going to have a big glass of water because that hydrates us. It makes us feel better. It wakes us up. That's a huge step for people. And for people who don't experience depression, um, that's not a big deal to them, but that's okay because we're not speaking to those people. That is not our audience. Right. Right. And it's like, and yet so many people do agree with what we say. They are glad we say it. So we'll just keep saying it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me a little bit about the book. I love that you put in there with compassion and humor. And I, I did feel like there was so much of your personality in there. You wrote with like so much of your personal style and you wrote like you talk. I just thought it was so fun. So tell me about that part. How did humor and compassion help you through depression? So compassion is in my mind, the opposite of judgment. So if I'm judging myself um, and I'm not experiencing compassion, then things seem heavier. Things seem more difficult to process and to work through and, and to have an amazing life. Um, So I really wanted to put that aspect of compassion into my book to let people know that when you have compassion instead of judgment, when you make that swap, um, it opens up so many possibilities in your life and it just, it it frees you. It really does. Um, And then the humor part, that's something that I've always used in my life to make things a bit lighter Um, because sometimes the situation calls for it. And especially when, um, when we experience depression and we have that heaviness and we have everything that feels so constricting, that humor, just that a little, just a little bit can make that, that move towards a better day. Oh my gosh. Amen, sister. I'm like, (laughs) you know me, you know, I love humor. And oftentimes I, when I told people that I like took medication for depression or I had depression, like kind of, you know, the first like five years that I had depression, I had several good friends who were like, no, you don't, because I'm always laughing. I'm always smile. I'm very silly. I'm very goofy. You know what I mean? And so it looks different on everybody. And also I find a lot of joy in life. In fact, I think depression helps me find a really high level of joy because the comparison to the lows is so, I'm so grateful, right? When you walk out and the clouds have parted and you feel like you just know something's different inside your body. And you're like, Oh, today feels light and easy and fun. You're so grateful, right? It's so awesome. So I love that. And I love 
compassion part, because that's the part in my coaching practice where we start. Because even though we know that our thoughts create our feelings, my first thing I always want to teach people is that no matter where your feelings came from, you're still experiencing them, right? Mm -hmm. Whether somebody else tells you it's valid or not, it's still an emotion you're going through and it's hard. So I love that idea of just having compassion for yourself instead of judgment. That is where you always start. We can't get any kind of like grasp on what's happening to us or how we feel when we're like believing that we're in the wrong place or we should be feeling better by now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me, was there any, uh, experiences that you talked about in your book that you pulled from in your past to help maybe share with people, or did you keep it kind of general and talk about general principles or tools? What, how is your book set up? So I, I do pull a little bit from my past. Uh, mostly to give my audience some background um, and to kind of, for them to get an idea of um, where I'm coming from. Um, and But I also set it up to be very open. So I present some ideas. I present some, um, here's some things you can try. Here's some things you can do. But I always end the, you know, advice giving sections with choose what you want. And you don't have to do anything with this information. This is kind of a, a buffet of information. You can <laughs> want what works for you, what's helpful for you. You can adjust my ideas. You can discard them and choose another thought. Um, whatever is is helpful, most helpful for you to live an amazing day and live an amazing life. I love it. Are you comfortable sharing an experience with us that uh, maybe when you were in depression or the spur depression or... That's in your book. So one kind of one uh, experience that comes to mind um, is when I feel depressive episode coming on and I'm actually in that depressive episode. Um, I just feel very, very heavy. And sometimes like the, the time I'm thinking of nothing happened, you know, it wasn't like something really awful happened the night before. And I woke up in a depressive episode. Um, I was just going about my life. I woke up. And it was there and everything felt so heavy. Um, and it felt like such a challenge to even sit up in bed. And so in those moments, that's the time that you say, okay, what we're going to do is we're just going to sit up. That's it. That's all we're going to do. Okay. Now we're going to put our feet on the floor. Okay. Now we're going to stand up. Now we're going to grab the glass of water from our bed stand that we put there the night before and drink it and talk myself through the very next step. Um, and something I talk about in the book is putting together depression protocol. And I provide an example for that, for people to kind of get their minds moving and say, okay, will this work? Will this not work? And they can build off of it from there. But going through that list, and once that's done, and you're still, because sometimes um, sometimes you can get that that brain moving, that depressive episode kind of shifted, and you can go about your day as normal as possible. And sometimes that won't happen. Sometimes you'll get done with your protocol and think I'm still where I was when I woke up this morning. Um, and that's the day for rest and compassion and it's okay. I love that. It's like compassion in action, not just in thought. And we do that in the shift program as well. We do a, you know, anxiety, worry, depression protocol, right? Whatever you need to do. I love that. That is so helpful because the hardest part, I feel like anxiety is like 
depression's best friend. And the hardest part about getting moving when you have, when you feel depressed is that your lower brain coming into play and saying, everything feels too hard. I don't know where to start. But if you kind of have a plan, it's like, oh, today's one of those depression days. Let's look at what my plan is today. And it really helps to be like, you know, call a friend, cancel any activities you have going on. Or maybe for you, it's create, you know, make a plan with a friend. Maybe you need to be with people. So it helps when you're just like, I'm not going to even think I'm not going to tell my, whatever is on my protocol. No, because I know I made this when I was feeling really good. And I know these are the things that really help me. So I love a protocol. It really takes that, that lower brain out of the equation and lets us just do what we know helps a lot. So good. I love that. And I love the phrase that you use compassion and action. That's a great phrase. I really like that. <laughs> Thanks. I got, all, I got all kinds of them just popping out of my head. <laughs> Sometimes I have to go back and listen to like old things I've said about, I know I said good stuff. Let me find where it is. <laughs> I know someone's like, I should write a book. And then it's like, I'm going to have to really gather up some of this knowledge I've put down. <laughs> My son always says, I'm putting down facts everywhere. I'm just dropping facts. So that's what I'm doing today. I'm just dropping, dropping word bombs here for inspiration. Be amazing if you wrote a book. If you do, please <laughs> tell me. I'd love to read it. <laughs> I just can't decide what to write it on. I mean, I know what generally, but you know, what direction, you know, so someday, someday. <laughs> I Totally get that. <laughs> well, I love that. What what um is the main thing you want readers to take away from your book after they read it? What was your purpose in writing it? What did you hope that you could give to the world? Well, the first thing, definitely, I, I know I mentioned this before, but I'll say it again, that you are not alone um, and there's nothing wrong with you. You are not broken. I love it. Life and the second thing is, um, you're going to make it. I know it doesn't seem like it sometimes in the middle of those episodes. It it feels horrible, and you know I don't need to describe to you how horrible it feels because you know, right? Um, but you'll you can do it. Just taking it at one glass of water at a time. That mm -hmm. sitting outside in the fresh air and sunshine, five minutes. That's all, and building on things, and you're gonna make it. And that makes me think, what if we let depression be the reason we're struggling? Because I think oftentimes we're having a really hard day and we're like, nothing happens. There's no reason. Like, this is so frustrating. I mean, we, we know it's depression if we've been diagnosed or we've kind of, we're onto ourselves, but we don't let that be the reason. We're like, I can find no reason. And this is so frustrating. And mm -hmm. I think about times when I'm like, when I discover like, oh, I'm on my period or like, I'll get like achy joints and it's I'm like, I'm having like a flare up for my autoimmune disease. I'm like, oh, and that always includes some lower moods. So all of a sudden the, the discomfort of the depression is still there and the pain in my knees. And yet I feel almost like so much relief and comfort. Kind of like when you're sick and your mom's like, it's okay. You're just having a hard day. Come, let me give you some soup. It's like, okay. And you're kind of like, it's kind of nice to be sick. Cause I kind of did need a break from life right? Why can't we let just depression be the reason to be like, oh, I'm not doing anything today. I'm depressed. Like, I wish I could just say a lot to people like, oh, I'm depressed. I'm sorry. I can't be there. <laughs> like, this is the reason it's fine. It's fine. It's a great reason, right? Just because you're feeling it's a great reason. We don't need anything behind that. And I actually, that makes me think of my son. 
uh, he's just been like so emotional at night. It's, you know, first two weeks back at school, it's a lot. He's in a Spanish immersion class and they don't speak almost any English and he loves it. So he can't like articulate why he's sad every night, but just all night when he gets home from school, all he says is, mom, I just want to be by you. I just don't feel like we get to spend enough time together. I'm like, buddy, we're together the whole time you're home, like 24 seven glued at the hip. He's like, I just, I just, and then he starts crying. So I just don't know why I feel like, and said, you know what? It's okay. You don't have to know why you can just be sad. And literally right then I saw him be like, oh, okay. Like everything lifted. Like he was like, oh, like, I don't even have to know why it's just okay that I'm just like, I feel like this. Cause he just felt so troubled. Like, I don't even know why I just, I can't, I just don't feel like I can be with you enough. I'm like, that's okay. You can just feel like that. So sometimes we just need to give ourselves permission to feel how we feel. And your book will do that for a lot of people, you know, just giving them permission and giving them permission to laugh through it. It's okay. If you're crying one second and you're laughing the next, right? Like let it come. Sometimes I'm in an argument with my husband and I feel like a laugh coming on. And I think to myself, he will think he will get mad if I laugh right now, but maybe we should just let it come, <laughs> let it come out and be like, let's just forget this whole thing. Let's just, let's just laugh right now in this moment. So it's okay to be, you know, a crazy mess, hot, you know, up and down laughing, crying. It's okay. Right. If it's normal for you, it's normal. So thank you, Jen. Where can they find your book and give us the title again, where they can find it, how they can get their hands on it. Absolutely. So it is called Staring at Walls, How to Look at Your Depression and Trauma Through the Lens of Compassion and Humor. And you can find it on Amazon. Awesome. Yes. It's so awesome. Thank you. So convenient. All right, Jen, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much. I appreciate talking to you. And this has been a blast. I know always, right? Anytime, girl. (laughs) If you have questions about anything you've learned here on the podcast, or want help with something going on in your own life, hop on a free coaching call with me. In just 30 minutes, you'll have real tools for your unique situation. Go to limitlessfemalecoaching.com forward slash work with me, or you can find a link in the show notes below. Spots are limited, so grab one before you miss it.